This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a mixed week. AgriSampo North America Chief Analyst Sterling Smith says weather and demand have been the supporting story under this soybean market. Maybe a little better than expected export demand, and I think that's helping things along. And there's a little bit of South American uh, weather concern, particularly in the south where we may see some dry weather, and that may be hurting uh, hurting some yield prospects there. And that's helping out the March beans because those beans in the south are going to be the first ones they harvest, and that may be tightening up supplies a little bit, and that's why we're seeing the March beans do a little bit better. And then turn is helping corn along a little bit as well on the same concerns. And we haven't had it, and we also have an absence of bearish news, which is good. And after widening slightly, basis is starting to narrow at certain uh, levels in parts of the northern plains. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says ethanol is still profitable. The only concern I'm, I'm starting to kind of see on the radar is that rail cars have been getting a little bit more expensive here. Um, and if that's the case, you could be seeing some pressure come from basis opportunities from local elevators. Now, ethanol profitability, um, crush plants have their basis has been strong, and local elevators have been able to back off of that and see, you know, good profitability by taking off the P&W and, and putting it on a train. So that's going to be the big question is, are local elevators able to keep up with your end users? And hopefully we're able to see that. Hopefully we don't see rail cars um, get any more expensive than they are. And shortages in the vegetable oil market push the grain markets. Market advisor Mike Kruger says that shortage is twofold. People want to be bearish soybeans, big picture, just because they're talking again about record crop production in North America next year. And they're already forecasting a record crop in Brazil, even though it's just being planted today. Um, so you've got kind of a bearish longer-term outlook on soybeans just based on everybody having a record crop. We'll see how that works out. Uh, and then on the other hand, you look at crops like canola where, where we have taken ending stocks down to almost zero, not just in Canada because of the drought, but worldwide. Livestock markets ended the week on a softer note. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zozolo thinks the livestock market may have overplayed their hand a bit. Well, we've got a market that the cash trade did its job last week. It, it drew in enough business for the uh, for the, the, the packers. And by the same token, we saw the weights go up four pounds week over week and dressed weights for the cattle. And so, so it said to me, we're not staying current. We're actually trying to get a higher price if we're a feedlot. And I think they overplayed their hand, quite frankly, that the holiday seasonal demand peaked last week. And I think the Packers kind of walked away at this point this week. And so we've had the futures market try and hold on to some of their gains not very successfully, really wanting the cash market to provide another boost to the upside. And the commodity markets have been pretty volatile, but mainly moving sideways. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback says that wide range bond trade is common during the holidays, but don't be complacent in getting your crop marketed. All those factors are impacting the market, making it difficult to explode, but difficult to contract, which is not abnormal for this time period, but makes it frustrating to wait for the breakout. That Everybody really wants higher grain prices. And I think we're going to have an extreme amount of inventory held in the summer months. And without weather scare, you could get really negative for some people that have held product for six to nine months and no return on the investment. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Spring wheat growers have a new option for superior straw strength and increased economic returns, the A.P. Smith variety from the AgriPro brand. Available for spring planting, A.P. Smith has shown impressive performance in trials across the northern plains, delivering a combination of high protein and high yields with very good bacterial leaf streak tolerance. And A.P. Smith stands strong against lodging. Call your local AgriPro associate today to find the right seed for your acres. Find agronomic and performance data and a list of AgriPro associates at agriprowheat.com. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The Federal Reserve will continue to hold interest rates near zero, but Federal Reserve officials are prepared to raise their short-term benchmark rate at least three times in 2022 due to inflation. After the two-day meeting wrapped up on Wednesday, officials said they'd keep rates near zero until they were satisfied labor market conditions were consistent with maximum employment. 2021 was a decent year financially for many producers. Bell Bank Senior Vice President of Agribusiness Development Lynn Paulson says a recent rural bankers survey shows 83% of farmers are in solid cash positions. Producers that even had marginal yields probably did okay just because of the increased commodity prices and production expenses that were somewhat reasonable. Now, obviously that dynamic change is going into 2022. You know, when you've got commodity prices that still will allow producers, I think, to make a profit, but the production expenses clearly are going to go up. And that can vary so much depending on when you bought your inputs or the availability of inputs and, and things like that. So I think 2022 is going to be more about making sure that you get the yields, uh, because I don't think we could operate in 2022 with marginal yields even with these prices because of the increased production expense. Paulson says input prices are substantially higher than this time last year. A new report from the American Farm Bureau Federation took a deeper look at the factors contributing to the higher than usual fertilizer costs. Economist Shelby Meyer says there are many factors contributing, including strong domestic and global demand, low inventories, and the inability of the U.S. fertilizer industry to adjust production levels. Trade and tariffs also come into play. Well, tariffs and trade being part of the conversation in fertilizer is certainly essential. There's about 44% of all fertilizer that's exported across the world. And what we see in trade disruptions as well as just the ability for countries to produce fertilizer inputs at, at different purchase prices and how that's in, uh, imported into the U.S., uh, we certainly see the shifts that as tariffs have been applied over the last couple of years to certain inputs of uh, fertilizer products, the U.S. has had to shift to other buyers uh, on the global market and have had to pay a slightly higher price than that going, going global price due to, you know, extra transit costs associated with that. Meyer says all of the factors influencing the higher prices have long and short-term impacts. Between labor shortages, congestion at key ports, and a lack of space on vessels and shipping containers, U.S. agriculture is dealing with supply chain issues. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack says USDA has a plan to overcome those problems. You know, we are working on trying to figure out ways to stabilize the supply chain. More, more uh, hours at the ports, uh, more truck drivers behind the wheel. Uh, incentives to move agricultural products into export markets, 
uh, a series of other steps that are being taken. Congress passed a bill to increase the debt ceiling this week. The debt limit will increase by $2.5 trillion, pushing the limit at $31 trillion. Congress is also not expected to pass the Build Back Better Act by the end of the year. There are thoughts that they may address that again in 2022. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossie believes the push toward renewable diesel will be the most disruptive factor in agriculture for the next few years. Now, this is when, of course, states like California, which are providing tremendous subsidies and mandating 700 million gallons of usage, you can see how quickly this is all ramping up. Policy change will have a dramatic impact on the soybean oil market. Numerous crush plants are being proposed across the country, including proposed plants in Spiritwood and Castleton, North Dakota. The first phase of construction of the Ag Innovation Campus in Crookston, Minnesota is complete. Ag Management Solutions CEO Tom Slanekas says this one-of-a-kind facility will be focused on developing new markets and technologies. Uh, we're going to be designed to take small quantities of seed, process them, make sure that they work in the feeding trials, make sure they work for their oil trials, um, make sure that their nutritional components are what uh, were predicted to be there, and then have a place to crush a large enough volume to where major crushers say, hey, that's a good idea. I think I am interested in that. Construction was set back by the pandemic and supply chain issues, but should be ready to go in 2022. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. From too much moisture to not enough. We've seen quite a range of weather these past few years. And although we don't know what the next growing season will look like, we do know that there are options to help mitigate against risk. A multi-peril crop insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services gives you peace of mind while protecting your bottom line. Turn to the experts in every field. Contact Egg Country Farm Credit Services today. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. This Week in Weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The Dakotas in Minnesota experienced a wintry mix of weather this week. Cold conditions are expected to continue this weekend. While the northern plains endured blizzard-like conditions on Wednesday, up to 90-mile-per-hour wind gusts moved through the plains, impacting the winter wheat crop. Kansas Wheat CEO Justin Gilpin calls this a historic event. We saw a lot of blowing dirt. Uh, a lot of reports that we're getting now is you know, two to three foot uh, drifts of dirt uh, and, and in fields that are covering, you know, some wheat fields or blown out of wheat fields. Uh, and then there's that that happens when you have blowing dirt at high winds like that, that creates static electricity uh, that can really impact uh, or the wheat plants that, that were really vulnerable. It's going to take a lot to come out of if producers decide with those crops will be a decision they make here in the next couple weeks. Heading into the final weeks of the year, drought conditions are improving across the Dakotas and Minnesota. There are areas of D3 or extreme drought in northwest North Dakota and northeast Minnesota. Other areas of the Dakotas and Minnesota range from no drought to abnormally dry to severe drought. USDA Midwest Climate Hub Director Dennis Toddy says the drought monitor changes will slow heading into the winter. Look at the overall precipitation for the region. Much, you know, the least of it occurs in the middle of winter. So we don't expect much and we don't tend to get much. 
Now you can see a little bit of improvement. You know, if you were if we were to have a more active winter and drop a lot of snow, many cattle producers in the northern plains saw numbers go down this last year due to the lack of forage and hay. Rugby livestock auction owner Cliff Matson says the drought caused many older generations of cattle producers to sell out. Matson's been seeing record-breaking sales go through the barn this past year. He is hoping for more moisture this winter. Moving forward, we're thinking of down the road. You know, what's it going to be like next year? Obviously, we're not going to have as many calves to sell, but it's hard to plan for what we're going to have. We don't know, you know, what the weather is going to be like this winter. You know, a lot of us are praying for snow, and we're going to need a lot of it. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner is glad to see winter starting off with more moisture for the northern plains. Actually, I'm encouraged by what's happening in the northern plains and upper Midwest as well as Canada because it fits really well with what our preliminary outlook is suggesting for the spring, and it looks like that. The, the biggest area of increasing drought will actually be more in the central U.S. plains and uh, part of the western Corn Belt and less so in the northern, Dakota, northern plains, including the Dakotas and Minnesota and Canada's prairies. Now, we're still going to be vulnerable to some kind of a dry down a little later in the growing season next year, but I think that with the precipitation that we have seen this autumn, and that which we think we're going to see over the winter, that we'll, we'll start off relatively well. Brazil's corn and soybean crops are mixed due to the La Nina conditions. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier calls this a split decision. Central northern Brazil keeps getting a lot of rain, uh, in fact too much in some areas, and then far southern Brazil has been drier than normal. Now, it's already, I think, impacting the first crop of corn in southern Brazil, in fact, I've lowered my corn estimate a couple million tons already. Uh, the corn in Rio Grande do Sul, the southernmost state, was uh, pollinating, filling grain. In some areas, haven't had a rain in like 40 to 60 days. So it's really hurt some of the first, first crop of corn. Cordonier says it's too early to tell how much that weather is impacting the soybean crop. According to Bayer Field Services sales representative Clark Lear, specialty crops are bidding for acres for the 2022 growing season. A lot of specialty crops starting to get a little more traction, some more barley acres being talked about, a lot more edible beans being talked about, sunflowers are even being talked about again. Increased demand for specialty crops could steal acres from corn, soybeans, and wheat. Lear, who's based at Minot, said that will vary on a regional basis. That's a look at weather. This week in agriculture, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. A fair amount of beet stock has been bought and sold for this point in the season. Values are strong. The crop's better than everybody anticipated this year, and they just moved the payment up $5 on the 2020 crop, so there's just a lot of optimism in the market. It's a lot about profitability again, and sugar beet harvest, the way it's coming in, and sugar beets will once again rise to the top in the profitability level. Contact the Beet Stock Trading Division at Red River Land Company for superior service at a competitive rate. Red River Land Company, Grand Forks. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging by talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.